Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're in the huddle. Vinny Bonson, you're Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh want to say thanks uh, to the great callers already today. Uh, uh, Madro, uh, sorry for mispronouncing your name uh, uh, a little earlier, but uh, really appreciate the insight. Uh, and and I'm with you. I think there is talent on this defense. I really believe that. I saw um, Damon Arnett in training camp. Uh, and, and I was impressed. Um, I was impressed by the two young cornerbacks during training camp, and they were defending everybody. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, um, you know, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs. Uh, there was a lot to like about those young cornerbacks during training camp. Unfortunately for Damon Arnett, this is an excuse. This is reality. He got hurt. <laughs> he broke his wrist. Uh, he, he suffered an injury during training camp with the wrist, tried to play through it, uh, then um, injured it even further. Uh, I think it was week three against the New England Patriots. I give him a lot of credit for being out there because uh, he was sucking up some pain, I can assure you that. And, I mean, there were times I'm watching from the press box, there's times where he goes to the sidelines uh, and it is is an obvious play uh, pain, uh, but he'd be right back out there uh, trying to play through it. Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, had to undergo surgery, missed seven weeks, uh, and when you think about that, he didn't just miss time, and he didn't just miss playing time, which is critical for a young player uh, trying to make the uh, transition from the, from college to the NFL. He also missed time in the weight room. Uh, you can't lift weights. You can't do what you normally do uh, as a as a as an athlete in the weight room when you don't have use of your right hand. <laughs> you just can't. So there was a major setback in terms of his physical development. As a rookie, and I saw that the first practice back, uh, when when he came off the injured reserve list and was, uh, you know, in that phase where now you can come back to practice, you're cleared to practice, and then work your way back uh, to the roster. I just remember looking at uh, Damon and going, "Whoa, <laughs> he looks small," uh, and he isn't the biggest guy. A lot of cornerbacks are are not the biggest guy. I'm not saying that. Uh, but there's a physicality to them that you can visu- visually see uh, when they're right. Uh, but he w- he looked small, and uh, it really honestly didn't dawn at me at that point. Uh, but in talking to people, you know, since the season uh, finished up, uh, well, yeah, of course he's a little bit smaller than he was when he left seven weeks ago. He hasn't been able to get into the weight room and be on a world class, you know, lifting program, uh, conditioning program. Uh, that uh, th- that you're normally on uh, at this level, he couldn't do it, so he got smaller, and uh, it cost him. But he's back on track now. Uh, everything that I'm hearing, and I think you're going to see a different player uh, next year in Damon Arnett. Well, I'm gonna have to kick you. You know what? Today we're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. Absolutely, and we go out uh, onto our guest line, one of my favorite segments uh, during the week, and we talk to Dr. Uh, Robert O'Dell and Dr. Michael Moses uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. Uh, Dr. O'Dell, Dr. Moses, how are you guys doing this week? Doing great. Hey, Vinny. Vinny. 
Uh, glad to have you. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, one of the topics that I wanted to talk about uh, today uh, involves just a horrific situation um, for, you know, one of the great athletes of our time, uh, Tiger Woods, involved in a serious car accident um, in Los Angeles yesterday. I've been on that stretch of road many, many, many times. Uh, it's a curvy, windy road, and um, accidents obviously can happen, and, and certainly that's what happened yesterday uh, to Tiger Woods. Um, have, have you guys been able to take a look at, uh, you know, based on reports so far, on some of the injuries uh, that, that Tiger Woods absorbed, especially as it relates to his legs and ankle? Well, from my standpoint, you know, he had the fractures, but he had what they call compartment syndrome, which is the most serious thing. The lower leg is divided into, I think, three compartments. And um, if uh, there's a fracture and there's bleeding, um, the very quickly the swelling can do major nerve, nerve, nerve damage everywhere. Unless it's released, they do a myofascial release. That doesn't necessarily mean the limb is lost or anything, but it's, uh, it's, they got to get to him in time, and it sounds like they did. But it's a, it's a long road back. Michael? Yeah, I think he's, um, uh, from what I read today from the uh, surgeon's report, sounds like he's going to need multiple surgeries um, and probably be rehabbing between six months and two years, unfortunately for him. Yeah, and that's you know that's on on top of the injuries that he's uh, had that he's sustained uh, just being you know um, uh, a, a golfer for as long as he has and and the, um, the the damage that it can sometimes do just that the swing and being perfect on the swing and doing it over and over and over and over again back injuries a knee injury so it's on top of of all that but um, one of the things that that kind of stood out to me I read a story today. Um, and it was it, it related to the highway patrolman uh, that was first on the scene. And you know, given the nature of the injuries that that Tiger absorbed, it really was startling to me to understand that he was up and at him. Basically, uh, he was he was conscious, he was talking, uh, and it was almost like the pain hadn't set in. Is that unusual or usual? in a situation uh, like that when somebody is alert but not necessarily, you know, uh, in, in, the, in the kind of pain that you would expect them to be in that moment? No, it's, it's common. Like the person injured in a war keeps fighting even though he has a horrendous injury. It's the adrenaline that kicks in and blocks it out. You know, if you, if you have a headache and hit your armor with a thumb, you forget about the headache. Not exactly the same, but uh, that's, that's not uncommon. Wouldn't you say, Dr. Moses? I think you're definitely right. Um, Vinny, do you remember when, Cam, I want to say it was Cam Newton um, before the playoffs, maybe five or six years ago, maybe more than that. He got in that car accident, I think, on a Saturday, and he, it was a pretty significant car accident he got into, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he played you're right, absolutely. Day. It was a while ago, but that was, that was when I thought that is one of the toughest quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. What about Roethlisberger? You guys have motorcycle accidents. Yeah. Jesus. For somebody I like, mean, you know, uh, Dr. Odell, you mentioned uh, the lengthy rehab that he's going to, um, that he's looking at. And it's, you know, it's, I, I, I would venture to say that it's probably going to be closer to the two years uh, than, than the year, just by what I'm reading and the type of injuries. And like, as you said, the multiple surgeries um, that, uh, that are going to be required. And by the way, 
when you when you talk about multiple surgeries, is there a, a safe distance that you have to have between surgeries, or can you do something on a Tuesday then come back on on Wednesday or Thursday? What's the normal protocol uh, for something like that, and what do you look what what are you basing that on in terms of the next surgery? It depends what the injury is. If it's a burn, debridement, it's every three days or whatever, depending on the the burn protocol. So it really depends on the individual situation. Obviously, if there's sepsis or somebody gets uh, infected, they operate right away. And that's always a risk when you have an open fracture. Open fracture, compound fracture is the uh, common name for it. And that's that's a very, very big risk. I'm taking care of a lady right now who had an open fracture horse step down her humerus and, uh, you know, the upper arm bone. And and, uh, uh, she had a non-union. She actually didn't have an infection, but she had a non-union. They opened it up, fixed it, um, but now she has pain there. So, you know, she and she didn't have an infection. So there's all kinds of things that can go wrong besides, you know, not, the bone bones just don't always heal. And, of course, the more that are broken, the more difficult, more stress there is on the body system. I mean, even somebody relatively healthy like he is, I mean, you know, there's only so much that the immune system can, uh, you know, can take. Dr. Moses, um, you know, we, uh, again, we don't know exactly what he's facing uh, and how many surgeries and, 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 and all of the particulars of it, uh, but obviously it's going to be a long road ahead uh, for Tiger Woods one way or another, uh, not just to be a golfer, but just to, to, to get back to regular life. Um, but, you know, you, you work with athletes, you work with high achievers, um, you, you work with driven people. Uh, and th- this might seem like something that would end his career, um, but... When you're talking about somebody like a Tiger Woods and, and the higher achievers that I just mentioned, um, would you be surprised or not surprised if he eventually works his way back to at least get out uh, onto the uh, onto the circuit again and play competitive uh, golf? We don't know to what extent or how high a level he could get back to, but but would you be surprised if he actually made it back out onto the course and started playing professionally again? I would I wouldn't be surprised at all, Benny. In fact, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Um, if you look at comparisons with um, Alex Alex Smith from the Redskins, he had a very significant injury. In fact, his surgeon was comparing um, Tiger Woods' injury with Alex Smith's um, leg injury today. Um, and what Dr. Del- Odell was talking about earlier, uh, the risk of infection is high. So he's got a significant injury, and so did Alex Smith. And you saw Alex Smith come back to the Reds, uh, well, former Redskins um, last month. Um, someone in his caliber, his vision, his commitment, I definitely see him coming back. Um, he definitely has a lot of issues that he'll have to work on anytime that you're in a cast or in a brace for a couple of years, or uh, as long as he will be, he's going to have some gait issues, um, uh, compensations. He's going to have to work with a physical therapist, his chiropractor, uh, for a long time to get those gait, um, to get his gait and his muscle memory back functioning again. We're talking to Dr. Robert O'Dell and Dr. Michael Moses from uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. And, you know, uh, I'm going to say this. I know you guys are on the line, and I'm not just saying this because of that at all. Uh, but I, you know, just like a round of applause for the first responders, um, for the for uh, everyone that was able to transport Tiger Woods, not just him, but everyone that's involved in accidents and serious incidents and things like that, and then the doctors like yourselves uh, that step up and 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 perform, you know, uh, in 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 high crisis situations. Uh, in order to basically save somebody's life, because uh, that was a life-threatening situation, even though he wasn't necessarily life-threatening 
uh, type injuries. But I just marvel at you guys for what you're able to do and how you're able to step up in certain in, in situations like this. Uh, and and I, I needed to get that out because reading the reports, um, I know Tiger Woods understands how lucky he is right now. But without the help of those type of people uh, that, that step up in those type of situations, and a lot of times it's seconds and minutes that determine it, um, I just, it's just, I marvel at it. And I'm, I'm proud of you guys and, and, and I want to say, say thank you to you guys and, and everyone else that works in, in that in, industry. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of the first resident that UMC ever had, and he was instrumental in setting the uh, trauma center up, uh, which is now a level one trauma center with the largest catch basin in the country. And uh, this uh, gentleman, is he's got diabetes, and I'm treating his neuropathy successfully. Uh, I, I can't mention his name for HIPAA regulations, but he's just a heck of a guy and just retired, and just a, it's just a pleasure to know him. Um, I, I did trauma anesthesia in the early 2000s till, uh, you know, I went by the wayside because I uh, didn't like staying up all night. You know, same with OB anesthesia as you get older. That's one physiological change that I don't try to fight. But having said all that, uh, uh, this, uh, this this physician really added so much to the community, UMC and, and the rest. He's, he's got, I, I respect him, you know, more than almost anybody. Plus, he's actually a hoot to work with. Uh, maybe I'll ask him if I can mention his name sometime because he's just yeah, a gentleman. Yeah, definitely. He's also uh, a I, I, I would love he's to also, get it. Cause... He's a cattle rancher in uh, Nebraska, too. Wow, there you go. <laughs> he just told me. Well, and, that, and, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I'd love to get his name out there because we always, you know, it's always in these crisis <laughs> situations that we're reminded of it. Um, but we should we should know about it and 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 talk about it even more because you guys are heroes. That's just the bottom line. Uh, when you're talking about saving lives and making lives better, um, you know, dealing with pain like you guys do, and 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 getting people back on the right track, and 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 uh, to a point where they can live lives uh, with less pain or with no pain. Hopefully, um, that's heroes type work. Uh, and along those lines, uh, I know that um, Dr. Odell, uh, there's a new. Um, uh, headache and uh, RLS uh, treatment that you wanted to talk about. And uh, before we go a any further, if you could explain to the listeners uh, what RLS uh, is and what you guys are doing in regards to that and for headaches uh, at the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center. Well, restless leg syndrome is uh, probably a centrally acting syndrome where people's legs uh, move at night, basically. They don't have pain or anything else. Well, we found we, we uh, started our neuropathy protocol that the RLS that was associated with it will go away fairly quickly. So what I'm doing now is, uh, is I'm trying to advertise, trying to get people to come that just have RLS and applying our neuropathy protocol to see if it works, as they suspect it will. And uh, I'm going to get a institutional review board to IRB approval to start a small study. We're doing the same thing with headaches, uh, something called SPG or sphenopelatine ganglion block. And I found when I do these and put the Synexus device on people on their the back of their head where the occipital nerves are, many times their headaches go away and they don't come back. I have a lady right now who's, um, she, uh, she, she had like daily headaches, uh, 10 out of 10. Now they're like once, twice a week, they're 3 out of 10. And we're treating her with a combination of the SPG blocks, which is basically just squirting something up the nose. It's not even an injection. And uh, um, I'm real excited because... Uh, uh, headaches affect, I think, about 20% of the population, and uh, they can be devastating. She was a high-functioning, uh, um, told me today, a uh, secretary to, like, CEOs in San Francisco and had to stop work, work in 2019. And, you know, you, you can just tell by the way she carries herself. She told me the other day that I changed her life, and I'm telling you, man, 
that makes all more than difference at all the money in the world. I can't tell you how that made me feel. I can imagine, and uh, Dr. Moses and Dr. Odell, before I let you get out of here, because I know Dr. Odell has uh, a big dinner date uh, tonight. He didn't invite me, uh, but we'll we'll work on that at some point. Maybe uh, I'll get the invite at some point. Just kidding, (laughs) just kidding. Um, The times that we're in right now, uh, I I know that it's it's stressful. Uh, There's a lot of decisions that are being made that are affecting a lot of people and a lot of everyday people with job losses, um, being isolated, not being able to go to offices, not being able to go to school. I would imagine that uh, psychologically, um, because, of the, because of some of the stress that people are, are under right now for a lot of all those various reasons, that that could lead to stuff, uh, that could lead to pain, that could lead to headaches, perhaps. Um, are you guys dealing with that? Is that, is that a real thing or, or, um, in terms of what you guys are seeing? And do you have any advice for anybody or, or anything that you guys have to offer that can maybe help people get through things that are just coming on to them right now, maybe because of the stress that they're under? Michael? Yeah, we, the, we, I do see quite a few people that come into the office that have, um, uh, I think, depression or just the blues day to day. And a lot of people are isolated. They work from home. They're not married. They don't have kids or their kids moved away. And one of the things that I find that works best is just getting them doing some exercise every day, whether it's yoga, whether it's Pilates, whether it's getting on a Peloton bike, just getting some sun on you every day, getting that vitamin D on you every day, getting that sun in your eyes. Just that and enough is to cheer you up. But we do see quite a few people that have started taking antidepressant medicine, and it's very sad. So, yeah, exercise, get out and exercise. Get that sun on you every day. Stretch. Get up earlier. Meditate. That's the way you feel better. Well, uh, there you have it. Uh, and I know we're all going through stuff, so uh, and nobody's exclusive. And so... Um, as Dr. Moses said, you know, if you're feeling down or if you're feeling a little depressed and, and we all understand why, uh, get out, be active. Um, I know I've been going to the, uh, to the gym every day and I feel great. Um, and it's, it's just, a, you feel a difference. You understand, uh, as you go through the course of the day, you, you, you feel better, uh, about yourself and the body feels better. So, uh, I'm all for that. Dr. Odell and Dr. Moses, thank you so much, uh, for spending some time, uh, with us. Dr. Odell, uh, enjoy the dinner date tonight and we'll talk to you guys on Friday again. Really appreciate it. Take care of yourselves. All right. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Dr. Moses. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Robert Odell and Dr. Michael Moses from the from the uh, uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, of Las Vegas. I really always enjoy uh, that segment when they come on because I always learn. I'm fascinated by medicine. I'm fascinated by um, you know pain management. Uh, like, like I said, you know we're all going through a lot of stuff right now. Um, and a, a lot of us are, are feeling isolated, detached. Uh, we're not able to get that, um, you know, normal interaction that you normally do uh, in a work day or going to school or whatever the case might be. Uh, and it leads to stuff. Um, and, and listen to Moses talking about getting out there and being active, even if it's just by yourself. Go walk around the park, go shoot some hoops, go play some tennis, uh, whatever the case might be. Um, it'll, it'll put you in a better place. And of course, uh, they're always available uh, at the uh, Las Vegas uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center as well. So give them a call. Uh, they can help if it's something a little bit, more, you know, uh, a, a little bit that needs medical attention. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador.
No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. It's time to tackle the top headlines of the day. I got blasted. This is 3 and Out. Vinny, are you ready for 3 and Out? I am, and that is the voice of Damon Cotton, uh, our great producer, and uh, he's got three items that we're going to get to and talk about. What you got, Devon? All right, Vinny, a little store called Fries is going out of business. Have you heard about that? Uh, I have, yes. Uh, not, I hate when jobs get lost and doors close and people have to go find uh, new jobs. But yeah, uh, definitely heard about Fry's uh, closing their doors. I guess it's it, it already happened, I think. Um, or people were letting, uh, were, were informed yesterday, I think, that, uh, that they're, they're, they no longer have jobs. So Fry's, uh, the great electronics store, and a lot of other things too at Fry's, by the way, uh, is closing the doors, unfortunately. All right. Well, to keep it lighthearted, you know, um, there are a lot of stores have just been going out of business. Maybe let's say like a blockbuster from days past, just like those stores that, you know, that are just that used to be so, you know, um, foundational to our lives. Is there any store in particular that you remember just going out of business that you thought maybe would be around longer than it did or you're just sad to see it's gone? Well, uh, you know, there's a bunch of them, and uh, you know, uh, we're we're a little bit different in age, but I, but I'm sure you're already experiencing that. You're you're younger than I am, but but I'm sure there's some stores that when you were a kid uh, that you know have fallen by the wayside, and there's some nostalgia there. There's you know, uh, it's what you grew up with, and there's a bunch of them for me. Um, you know, uh, uh, Borders, the bookstore. I wrote two scripts, uh, two movie scripts. Uh, at the borders over by uh, in Woodland Hills, uh, it was like a coffee shop slash bookstore. Uh, there was music there as well. Um, so, so borders jumps out at me. Tower Records on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, my my brother was a DJ. Uh, Tower Records was the place to be uh, when when um, you know uh, new new records came out, new music came out. Uh, if you weren't at Tower Record, then you know, uh, then you, didn't, you you weren't into music. If you if, if you lived in Los Angeles uh, and didn't make your way out uh, to, to Tower Records, uh, so those are two of them uh, that 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 jump out at me. Um, I know Radio Shack was on a list that I was looking at, but I think there still are some Radio Shacks. Uh, but that was a place um, you know that we used to go to uh, in the mall. Fries for me brings back a lot of memories because. Uh, working at the Los Angeles Daily News uh, earlier in my career, uh, there was a fries right around the corner in, in Woodland Hills. And, you know, sometimes when you're a sports writer, you work in the office, but then there's a game to cover at night. Uh, so you work pretty long days. And for me, I live like 45 minutes away from uh, from the office in, in the opposite direction of games that I'd be covering. So it didn't make any sense to go home. I'd stay where I was, go find a coffee shop or, you know, go, go, go get a bite to eat before going to cover the game. But I used to go to that fries store and just kill hours uh, just just walking around, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, shopping and, and checking out the new gadgets and things like that. So uh, fries is up there uh, as well. What about you? For me, I guess it'd have to just be me being a big movie guy. It'd have to be like Blockbuster or even like yeah. the local um, chains. Like if you would have of like renting, you know, your movies and maybe like your video games. Because that was just such a staple of my childhood. Because now, now that I'm an adult, like there's not too many stores that I'm really that no, not too many brick and mortar stores that have that much value to me because I do all of my shopping online. So oh, wow. I'd say, like, okay, so, yeah. So, I'm not, I'm not so from quite, childhood, I'm not. it would be like just like those movie stores. Like, oh man, just go pick up something from the weekend. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, Blockbuster. And, and you had to get there early when those new movies came out or else, forget it, you might have to wait for a, a week or so uh, before, before you know, being able to, uh, to, to rent them. And, you know, a case like Blockbuster, there was a little bit of arrogance. I don't think they saw the trend that was coming, the changes that were coming in, tar- in terms of live streaming. They just thought that, yeah, people are always going to be coming here. That's the uh, thing with rent- every store that's closed down in the past, you know, like 10, 15 years. I feel like it's arrogance on everyone's part. Bookstores, yeah, like oh, a- people aren't just going to keep buying their books online. Sporting goods stores, oh, people are just going to buy their sporting goods online. You know, it's like, no, I don't yeah. think any I don't think any of these like CEOs saw the, tr- the, the trends of just like, oh, no, they're going to like be putting us out of business soon or like just basically the internet's going to be putting us out of business well that and then also you had your big you know like superstores like you know walmart and sam's club and places like that where they had everything in that one store um you know and and so they they, those type of places put out the smaller uh the smaller stores but like in a case like fries uh, you know i don't know if it was arrogance uh in terms of 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 their uh uh, part i'm I'm sure they could have done things a little bit differently but sometimes things just phase out too uh, definitely have learned that. Ask your, ask your, uh, you know, I don't know uh, if your grandparents or somebody the older generation in your fan uh, in, in your family, but uh, Woolworths was on that list. And I remember there was a Woolworths uh, in the town that I grew up in. That it used to be huge. It used to be a huge, huge store. We don't think about it nowadays because it's so outdated. But like for your grandparents and older uh, relatives like mine. That was a place that was that was pretty big news back in the day. So uh, it's an it's an unfortunate part of life that things kind of come and they kind of go. But it but when you when you hear another one hitting the hitting the skids, uh, you know there's some nostalgia and a little bit of sadness as well. And for me especially, people losing their jobs, I hate that. I'm so happy he's on my team. It's a heavyweight belt, bro. That's a fight. Just like yesterday, gonna bring it back around to a little food, not fast food this time. This time it's gonna be just centered around cookies, Girl Scout cookies to be exact. All right, now there's a, you know, there's a little story in the LA Times about two different bakers of making the Thin Mints, you know, so the, the kind that you get in Orange County, you're going to be a little bit different than the kind you get in Los Angeles. I think that's a little weird, but um, on that conversation, um, let's just go ahead and get into a ranking. How would you well, rank? Well, first of all, first of all, what, what are you telling me right now? That the cookies that you may get in Orange County are different from the ones you're going to get in L.A. from the Girl Scouts. See, that's like, um, so you're saying there's two different types of Thin Mints. Yes, there's two different types of Thin Mints. And I guess you wouldn't know unless you travel to go get them. I'm I'm flabbergasted right now. It's like, it's not quite learning that there's no Santa Claus, but it's up there because, I mean, I know of one Thin Mint. I didn't even know there were two Thin Mints. You can't, that's not, are are you being serious right now or is that just something that, is, is, is no cap, is, Vinny. That's all I need to say. No cap. I'm not capping right now. Wow. Um, so, well, look, it, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one. The one that I've been eating my entire life uh, is the only one. I don't know that there's a and it's, and it's always been consistent for me. So that's that's breaking news right there, uh, Demond, that, that there's actually two different uh, Thin Mints. But um, I'm going to have to take a look at that. But that's pretty crazy. But uh, on that topic. Uh, can we can we all give a shout out to Girl Scout cookies because they're 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 jamming they're they're the bomb. Uh, we've all grown up on them. We all know somebody, our next door neighbor, um, you know, our nieces, our uh, friends. Um, uh, whether you go into the going to the shopping mall or going to the, the grocery store, they're out there selling their cookies, and they are really good cookies. So I'm a huge fan of Girl Scout cookies. So if, if you're talking about ranking them. I'm all about that. If you want to go, what you want to say? Top three uh, Girl Scout cookies? 
Yeah, let's just go three. We didn't get. We, we don't have that much time. All right, you go. Uh, go go. What's your third? Just I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with a classic. Gonna go with tagalongs. Tagalongs for number three. Um, they're 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 in my top three for sure. I'm gonna go uh, the Samoas on on number three with the with the uh, what do you got the uh, coconut and uh, the caramel kind of gushy. Uh, that's that's always a good one. All right, your number two. Number two, I'm gonna go with those shortbread cookies. I'm not even I, like I'm. I don't even want trefoils. Is, is that how I know it's like that's uh, you know that, that's that's how it looks like pr- pronouncing it. But I'm just gonna the shortbread cookies. Those are just like I can eat a whole box of those, no problems because they're just that's a real classic. Just of like simple, good to the point. Uh, oh, uh, trefoils. Trefoils. There we go. Yeah, those are pretty darn good too. Uh, number two. Um think about that here for a second number two i am going to go i'll go tagalongs number two i love i mean the the chocolate and the peanut butter kind of creamy um yeah i'm gonna go tagalongs number number two for me and number one for me are the dosi dos. I love peanut butter. That's why also I have the tagalongs. I love peanut butter. That's just just gonna be like my main staple there. So you just give me a peanut butter sandwich, you know, in cookie form, and you know, just just I can eat that all day. That's that's perfect. You know, whoever whoever came up with that idea, put that man in the hall of fame or wherever you go. Or female, uh, we can't just assume put that, that person in the hall of fame. Dude, there, Demond, come on. Uh, number four, or number number one for me. I'm I'm right there with you, Damon. Uh, the uh, the the dosi dos uh, with the peanut butter. There's there's just something. It's like a salty, sweetie kind of thing going on. Um, and uh, yeah, I've I've probably put away uh, uh, multiple boxes in in one setting uh, on more than a few occasions. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, we're, 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 we agree on the, on the number one dosi dos. Let's see what we're made of right here. All right, let's go. We can't hope. We gotta go do. Hey, show me what champions do. See, look at that. Look at that. Us agreeing on something. All right. Like See, it's it. not Love that hard. All right. And lastly, let's go back to sports. You've got the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. Asked him. I don't know how it actually came out. I don't know where he was asked to that. But it, he was asked a question, who would you prefer? You know, your preferred quarterback, Mac Jones or Tua Tungavailoa. And he chose Mac Jones. Do you see any wait, controversy? Wait, 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 wait. What, what's the, what's the, talk to me about the setting here. Was it an interview like on radio or something like that? Or was it like a scout asking him? As part I don't of think, I project? don't think this was a radio interview. I think this would have been something uh, from Alabama, from down there in Alabama, but I don't I don't know if it was just like oh, a reporter. Probably you're, no, you, what you're talking about is like, I just called it up. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds like it was a team, you know, when you go down to the scouting combine, when you go down to the senior ball. Uh, there's there's interviews that players have with teams. Teams want to find out about these players. Who are you uh, as a person? And and they ask them all sorts of off the wall questions and try to get to the bottom of who that person is because obviously there's a lot of money that's being invested in these guys, and you want to make sure that you have um, you know a good handle on on, uh, on 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 these guys. So basically, it sounds like as part of an interview process with one of the scouts or coaches. Uh, what they ask them, they ask them who they preferred in terms of what. I, I'm going to say just some um, just overall quarterback. Who would you rather just have throwing you the ball? And it, it came down to who? Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones, the two quarterbacks. Okay, that he's his had. two quarterbacks from Alabama, the two quarterbacks that he played with at Alabama. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you know, a fair question, and his answer was Mac Jones. Okay, all right, so. Um, 
and and this got out somehow. You're you're, you're telling me that somehow, some way that that information has gotten out. Like his answer. Got yes, out. So I don't think I, I don't think it should be that big of a secret. I mean, he all he did was answer a question. I don't think it's something that should be held to the vest like this is you know a matter of national security. Well, it sounds like and just um, I, I got it. I got it called up. It sounds like on 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 the old internet and uh, and social media, people are kind of taking it as Devante um, through. Tua under the bus, like he's like he's taking a a, a slap or you know a sliding Tua. It's I don't think that that's the case. I think it's more what Demond's saying. That's who he played. He played with Mac Jones more than he played with Tua, and won a Heisman Trophy with with Mac Jones. So nothing nothing unusual in terms of the answer. I actually give the kid a lot of credit for answering it honestly. I mean, he could have taken the politically correct thing and said, "Hey, I love them both. Uh, enjoyed playing with them both, and and not taking a stand." But it sounds like he did take a stand. I, I'll say this. I don't like that this has gotten out. I mean, it's not controversial. It shouldn't be controversial. Although some people are taking it as such uh, on social media. I don't like when teams interview these players for their purposes to try to get a handle on who these guys are and then just go run to a reporter and say, hey, by the way, I asked so-and-so this and this was his answer. You're not, that's, not, that, it's not, that's not cool. I don't, I don't like that. And I don't like that he's been now in a position where it seems like he's taken a shot uh, at Tua uh, um, by praising Mac Jones. That's not cool to me. And that was three and out. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Man, the more I uh, read about this uh, Devontae Smith uh, story, the more I feel bad for him. That stuff's not supposed to get out, you know, and I don't like when it does get out. Uh, we've seen it happen before. Uh, sometimes the Wonderlick scores, which um, I don't put a whole lot of credence in, uh, gets gets you know leaked out there, and and you know uh, it's just it's it's not it's not supposed to. When you're having a private uh, interview conversation uh, with a with a prospective future employer, uh, you want to know that that's in confidence. You know, not that you'd be lying or, or saying anything controversial or anything like that. But you know, when 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 somebody asks you, hey, who do you prefer? Uh, you know, um, and between two players that, and probably two friends of yours too, um, and you know, you, you you're not gonna you know, just take the politically correct stance and say, hey, I love them both, uh, and they're both great quarterbacks. He actually took a stand talking to whatever, whether it was a scout or an assistant coach for somebody, not knowing that it was going to become public consumption. Uh, that's just not cool. But, Devon, are you there? Yes, I am. I was just thinking to myself, at? no, because like, because I'm just because you you're still talking about the Devontae Smith thing, and not, and you're like, oh, what the problem is like how it got out. I was just like, I think a bigger issue is maybe Carson wins with his number because I'm like, ah, that's funnier. But you know, because maybe I just don't have the journalistic integrity that you have, you know. But I'm just like, eh, what's the big deal? Well, I mean, one guy I don't, got him a Heisman, me, of course. It's, it's 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 not a big deal to me, but but because of the way. People misinterpret things, and like we were talking, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when Mike Mayock says, "Hey, Henry Ruggs needs to get into uh, the weight room, uh, you know, get get on a, a, you know, and and Damon Arnett to say Raider Nation's like, oh my God, he's he's slapping him down, you know, and it's, it's not always contentious, it's not always like mean spirited, it's just common sense. Like this, I I don't think it's controversial at all what he said." 
But people on social media are taking it as he is throwing Tua under the bus, and that's not that's not the case. That's what I'm like. It shouldn't get out there because it puts him in a position where where people now are saying, "Oh, so you don't like Tua?" You know, that's not that's not right. When it was a private conversation, that's that that that's what I'm saying. Um, uh, but have you ever had to? Along those lines, uh, have you ever had been in a position? You know, maybe it was with a couple of coworkers where you had, where you were asked about, you know, either performance or who do you prefer in in, in a situation like that. Would you want it to get out first of all to those two people? Uh, and have you ever been in that kind of a situation? Where I know I have. Well, first off, for me, um, if it's something that I that I will say to your face, I don't mind if it gets out. I mean, if I have no, I'm sure that he like if he had to sit down with them both in the room on live TV, maybe he would like make maybe he would laugh after and be like, "Come on, you know, come on." All right, like, so, you know? so, so so but so, but for so. me, like uh, I can't think of anything. Um, something that I've just had to throw somebody. I always make the joke where if you're like if you're gonna commit a crime around me, don't do it. You know because uh, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but like. Yeah, but besides that, like, there's no. What I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. Let's say your boss comes to you in confidence about two other coworkers, right? Um, And you have to be frank and honest. And it's not something that you're just going to go run. You know, I I know you said if it's not something I can't say to your face, I won't say it. Well, that's not always the case, though. You know, there's things that you have to say. There's uncomfortable things that you might have to say uh, when asked blunt questions that you don't you know that you're being asked for whatever reason that you're, that you're being asked uh that you wouldn't necessarily go tell that person straight to their face right you know like like if it came down to it, like hey you know what to be honest with you uh they kind of half you know what it most of the time and i'm just i'm just saying that he's a friend of mine she's a friend of mine uh but if you're asking me my honest opinion i i think we could do better at that position now that's not something that you're gonna necessarily go tell somebody face to face but if you're asked uh, in confidence, right? You're going to try to give a frank answer. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, put yourself in that kind of shoe where something like that all of a sudden comes out for everybody to read. Not to say that that's the level that this was, but you, you, you know, you could, you could see it like, what if he had said something even worse? Like, oh man, you know, uh, such and such is, or, or whatever the case might be. And, and that got out when you don't think that it's going to get out. You know, you're, uh, we're we're way more honest sometimes, or frank, uh, or forthcoming, uh, when we know that our name's not necessarily going to be attached to it. That's how anonymous sources works out. That's how sources in our business. That's why they're so comfortable in uh, in in shedding light on a certain situation, or giving information about a certain situation, or giving clarity about what happened in that meeting, or what happened, what, what's being talked about, because they know that their name's not going to be attached to it. Um, or else they wouldn't be as forthcoming. Now, if I were to, you know, start naming sources, I, a, I wouldn't have a career, but b, it would put people in a bad light. Sometimes, you hear what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> oh no, I was laughing at the. If you started naming sources, I was just thinking about yeah. um, someone else that appears on this network that just loves to. They can't name their sources, but boy, do they have a lot of them. Yeah, uh, no, no, no doubt about it. And uh, but it, it is interesting, and uh, it, it got me to thinking because um, it, I don't know why this reminded me of it. How much time do we have? A couple minutes. We've got a couple of minutes. Make them count. Okay. So uh, early in my career, um, and this is where like 
this is it's along these lines somewhat, but it it just goes to show you that you got to be careful about what you say and things like that. So anyway, early in my career, um, and they probably still have it this at companies, but it was before I became a full time employee at a certain company. Um, we had like five positions that were part time positions, and uh, it was supposed to be where they you could only work twenty six hours. Uh, but our boss was cool, and he said, look, I know that you're only supposed to work 26 hours, but I could get you to 39 hours a week. Uh, I can't get you to 40, because at 40, then we'd have to give you benefits and all that kind of stuff, and that's what they were trying to avoid. But I can get you to 39. And I'm thinking, all right, 26, between 39 and 26, of course I'll take the 39, right? I mean, that's more money. So five of us um, had to we were in that circumstance. It wasn't great. It wasn't the best circumstance, but, but 39 hours, at least we were getting paid 39 hours, right? So one day I show up to work and my boss pulls me into the office and says, hey, bad news. One of the five people went to human resources and said, hey, we're working 39 hours over here. And because of two hours that we're not working, the 40th hour in each week, we're not getting benefits. Uh, I think we should get be- benefits. This person went to human resources to complain. What right? an idiot. Now listen, exactly. And so my boss, who he wasn't supposed to tell me who it was, told me who it was. And he told the three other people, also the three other part-timers, what the situation was and who said it, okay? And here's why. It turns out that human resources turned around and said, okay, great. Then if, if that's how they feel, then if that's how you feel, starting now, everyone goes back to 26 hours a week, period. You don't get any extra hours. You don't get, you certainly don't get... 39 hours per week. So in just like that, hours per week went from 39 to 26. You do the math on that times two weeks, right? So I'm like, wow, I just took a big hit there financially, right? So um, so everybody gets to the office. All five people are there, including the person who ratted us all out, basically. Um, we get called into this crampy little office, and my boss says... Hey, and he explains what the situation is. Somebody went to complain to human resources. Now this is going to be the situation. And I'm seeing red because the dude's sitting right next to me who did it. And I know who did it. And three other people in the room know who did it, right? And on top of all that, Damon, this is what drives me nuts to this day. That dude says, oh, man, I can't believe somebody actually did that. Who would, who would go to human resources? He didn't know that we knew that it was him. And he's up there trying to lie about it. I'm like, I, if I could, uh, I, I don't want to go to jail. Lord, just give me the discipline not to strangle him right now. Because on top of the fact that he just took major money out of my pocket, he's going to sit up here and lie that it wasn't him and try to pretend like it might have been somebody else. So um, that's like, <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that. But I instantly thought about that situation. It was it was many many years ago, but I still to this day am pissed at, at what happened. And we had to go about another month or two under those circumstances. Uh, but then our boss was able to talk human resources into, and I, th- I also think we uh, we got rid of the uh, the tattletale uh, person. But can you imagine that, Devon? Somebody's going to take money out of your own pocket, your his own pocket. By by doing you, you don't you never go to you never do that you just never do that so anyway that's the lesson for the day but I'm still mad at that guy for sitting up in that office lying about his role in the whole thing uh, I want to say thanks to Jeff Howe from the Athletic uh, shedding some light on hey maybe Marcus Mariota is an option for the New England Patriots we'll see uh, I want to say thanks to all the great callers and of course the listeners thanks for being a part of this uh, you guys are and gals are why we do this Devon thanks for uh, um, holding things down at home. Home for it, making us all sound good. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. 
In the Huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. 